Roxy. A good morning and welcome to the shit show. I was just about to say welcome to the shit show. Um, My husband and I are actually writing a a show, which I shouldn't put it out there, but I guess I have called the shit show. Um, And I feel like it's literally just, we're just talking about episodes of our life. Like every episode of the TV show is just about our life pretty much and how it is a shit show. If you need fodder, I've got plenty of it. <laughs> oh, I know. I know you do. It's, I don't know. It's like, I think it's because summer, I feel like summer is great in so many ways. You know, I've been in Australia and here, so I've had a perpetual summer for like two years now. Wow. Um, I haven't had any winter or cold and, you know, people in Australia right now are in winter. They're like, oh, it's so cold here. I'm like, I would love some freaking cold. Give me some ice and a warm beverage. Um, but I think it's because summer is starting to wind down and it's like kids are going back to school. And I know a lot of parents, I'm going to ask our next guest about this soon too. A lot of parents are like, oh, I'm so sad. My kids are going back to school. I'm like, go run towards the school doors. Like I am done. I'm not being a good mom. I'm like, I'm getting to the point where I said to my, my oldest daughter, I was like, am I, am I kind of a a bad mom to you lately. And she's like, sort of. And I go, well, am I kind of aggressive? And she goes, yeah. And I go, I, I go, because I'm kind of over it. Like, that's what I said. Are yeah. you being a good mom or a bad mom? I'm being like a stressed out mom this week because yeah. so, you know, the kids are still out of school, obviously. Yeah. And we've got like, for some reason, it always happens that we, David and I, my husband and I are plan things at the exact same time. Like we're recording the podcast. Do you check each other's schedules? No. Or are you just like, screw it. I yeah. don't care. <laughs> we need a family calendar so bad because yeah. he's in the living room giving a presentation right now over Zoom. Yeah. I'm recording here and my daughter is doing fashion camp on like a third computer. Oh my so gosh. We're just like, oh my God. So it's always like stress. You know, it's always like yeah. trying to catch up. I feel like I'm always trying to catch up. Yeah. Always trying to get organized and we're getting ready to do some travel next week. So I'm like, where are you going? So we're doing a little East coast. We're, we're going to New York for 24 hours. And then we're going to the Hamptons to our friend's house for the weekend. Well, I was going to go to the Hamptons for my birthday. So maybe I'll join you. Come. (laughs) Well, let's talk to our next guest about the Hamptons and New York and all the things and being a bad mom. I learned so much about this lovely woman Uh and her husband when I went to the premiere with you, a certain premiere recently. That's right. Tell everyone all the things about who we have on. Oh my gosh. We're so excited to have her. Like you said, we met her at the Rowdy premiere in Nashville, Mm -hmm. which was a wonderful time. And, um, she's just so special. She's, you know, she's a blogger. She's an influencer. She's a mom like us. She's also married to Kyle Bush, who was like one of the Mm -hmm. foremost race car drivers, you know, in NASCAR and in the racing world. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've, actually heard her be referred to as the first lady of racing. So (laughs) we're going to call her the first lady of racing. We will start that title right now. Yes, exactly. So without further ado, please welcome Samantha Bush. Thank you guys so much for having me on. And I thank you so much for being here. I was looking, I've done a deep dive into your life and I know you better than you know yourself. I'm sure. I I think when you say first lady, that just means that you've been in the sport a long time and you're getting old. Um, (laughs) You do not look old. That's what that is. You look very good. And you, well, you might feel old lately because you just welcomed a little, I had no idea that when we had met you, your little one was probably only a couple 
weeks, maybe months old. Yeah. So that's wild. Three months right now. Um, Her name is Lennox. And um, I'm sure you guys have seen, we've been through many years of infertility. So um, she was actually born via a carrier because after multiple rounds, the doctors decided that I just wasn't going to be able to carry, even though I was able to have my son seven years ago. So yes, after almost a decade, Kyle and I have completed our family. So our son Brexton is seven and Lennox will be three months here shortly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, congratulations. You look very rested though. For yes. us. <laughs> a lot of makeup and some good lighting right now. But right. right. Um, but like, let's talk about that because you've had such a journey to get to this point in your motherhood, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it's been a quite a, you know, peaks and valleys and you've really navigated it so well. So mm-hmm. um, can you share with our listeners who might not be so familiar about how you sort of got to this place? Woo. Okay. I will give you the cliff notes. Cause this could be like a seven hour yeah. <laughs> or an hour too. <laughs> um, so the brief cliff notes are that, um, my husband Kyle and I, we started trying when we were mid twenties. So never thought we'd have any issues, no indications, you know, you start trying naturally, all your friends are starting to have kids, all the things. So a few months go by, a few more months go by, you know, finally after a year, the OBGYN's like, all right, let's, let's see what's happening. I get diagnosed with PCOS, go on fertility drugs, still no luck. Then, you know, now we're 18 months into this, we go to fertility clinic and they're like, oh, well, has your husband been tested? And mind you, this was before Instagram and all the apps and all the things, right? So this is Mm -hmm the resources just weren't readily available. So we didn't know all of these options and all these things to look for, like you might have access to now. So he gets tested, long story short, I have PCOS, so I don't make great eggs or mature eggs and he doesn't have very many swimmers. So (laughs) IVF it is. Um, First round, go through it, have our son Brexton. We're like, oh, wow. Like that was, you know, a challenging almost two years, but wow, we did it. And so then we decided to start a foundation called Bundle Joy Fund where we help people pay to go through IVF um, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So we started that up. And once Brexit was potty trained, we're like, all right, number two, here we come. This is so easy. Now Instagram's a thing and all the other social media is really taken off. And I'm like, I'm going to let everybody see what a cycle looks like and kind of ease their fears mm-hmm. and anxieties about it. Mm-hmm. Go in, do the transfer. I'm pregnant. We announce it. Yay. Everything's great. Um, and then from there, like a week after we announced, um, I had a miscarriage mm-hmm. and, and the following year I had a failed cycle. Mm-hmm. Then we had a failed gestational carrier carrier cycle. Then we had to go back through egg retrieval. I got pregnant again, our embryo split. And I thought we were having identical twins, mm-hmm. which was very exciting. Um, and then we lost both of them. And then we did another round where uh, we had a gestational carrier and Lennox is here. So um, could write a book on it, did write a book on it. Um, it's called Fighting Infertility because that is the very, very top line view of many years of struggle. Um, have learned a lot, have met a lot of great women in the community and just very blessed to be where we are today. So I can get into it more if you mm-hmm. want the, uh, the broad line view. You know, one in four women suffer from infertility miscarriages. I, I wasn't, my journey didn't look like yours, but I can understand parts of it. I had my daughter who's eight, um, first try come home from the office first sexy session. She was born 10 pounds, not an issue. 
Uh, we waited four years because I was just not ready to be a mom again. And then Roxy was there through a lot of this too. We tried, got pregnant straight away. And I just couldn't keep a baby. Um, I just kept having miscarriage after miscarriage. It, getting pregnant was not the problem. It was literally every try, every every time I'd lost um, uh, an embryo or a fetus, um, it the next month I was pregnant again. Mm. So, you know, no one can really explain that type of, I don't know, it's like this pain, but then you also feel ashamed, but you don't know why you feel ashamed, but maybe it's because no one really, when I was going through it, like you, no one really spoke about it. You know, like the social media was not like, Hey, I just had a miscarriage. It was always wait till you're three months pregnant. Cause you're out of that zone. And I remember saying to Roxy, I said, you know, I didn't want to announce, I didn't want to talk about my miscarriages until I had another baby because I was so afraid that that was going to be my story if I spoke about it. And I don't know if you, you obviously didn't feel that way because you were speaking about it through, through each transition, but that was my fear. You know, this, this fear of like, maybe I'll never get to that next child. And it's just such a, it's just a horrible thing that women go through that we are only starting to bring awareness to and talk about. Um, but it's devastating. Yeah, it's definitely very difficult. And I'm really encouraged to see over the years how open the conversation's been mm-hmm. and how women realize the different options that they have and the support groups and just different things that they could try throughout, you know, whether it's an egg retrieval or an embryo transfer or trying naturally. I just feel like when you have these communities of women that share their experiences and what worked and what didn't work, I just feel like it's really starting, as you said, to trend the right way where people aren't feeling ashamed anymore. They're understanding like, this is what's happening, you know, to my body. And this is the different resources I have. So I think it's very encouraging to see where it's come. I'm excited that I've, you know, gotten to be parts of those conversations. I always feel like God puts you through everything for a reason. Um, And when you're in it, it's really hard to understand the why, but now, you know, I'm very fortunate in that i I've been able to connect with a lot of women that were like, Hey, I followed your story and it helped me to keep going. Or I had the courage to seek medical treatment, whatever it was. So, um, it's a really great thing. I mean, definitely it didn't help lessen the miscarriages Mm -hmm. or the failed cycles, but it was that feeling of being alone that I felt when we first started trying and I wasn't Mm -hmm. getting pregnant and that, as you mentioned, being ashamed or embarrassed, like what's wrong with my body? What am I doing wrong? And all that like self blame. Mm -hmm. I feel like each round by connecting with more women in the community, like at least that hard part of it was taken away because you kind of understand the medical side of it. And you understand that these emotions are very real and very valid and, Mm -hmm. and also just ways to help grieve um, and connect with those around you again. So it's been, um, a long learning journey, but I do feel like a lot of good has come out of a lot of hard trials. You know, and that's also like the, it speaks to the power of social media, right. Mm -hmm. To be able to connect all of us, you know, in different ways and be able to talk about these really, really important issues that maybe 10 years ago, 
people weren't really talking about yeah. and they didn't really have the tools to talk about. Right. But, um, I can imagine, you know, I kind of come from like a different place. Like my husband and I sort of, we had planned on actually not having kids. We were like, okay, we're going to like travel and like, you know, wake up. Such like a smart idea. <laughs> know, right? Looking back, I'm like, well, <laughs> right. <laughs> so we, you know, we, we sort of came from like a different side of it where we kind of, you know, uh, you know, we're living our lives. Like we were kind of like, we want to be selfish and kind of do our things. And then it was a surprise when she came, but the best surprise, I mean, I'm so thankful, you know, but what I was wondering is when you are going through these sort of journeys, like, does it take a toll on your relationship, like with your partner Mm. and with your husband? Like, how did that sort of play out? You know? Yeah. So in the book, fighting infertility, I actually talk about that a lot because I still feel like it's one of those topics that, you know, people might want to come out and say what's happening or their bodies. But a lot of people are still like, Oh, I don't want to talk about what's happening. Maybe with my marriage Mm -hmm. or with my best friend or my sisters or my parents, whatever it might be. And so, um, I literally remember the publisher calling me and she was like, look, you know, your husband is in the spotlight. Like, do you really want to share how rough your marriage got? Like that's Mm going to open up a lot of stuff. And I was like, yes, because it's real. And if I don't put it in there, then there's going to be somebody reading this book that's like oh you know she went through this hard stuff like her her and her husband were rock solid and we're fighting all the time and like this Mm. this is you know and I wanted to be very candid in that look there's hormones there's grief there's extra stress there's high emotions Mm. tensions it is a recipe for a lot of fighting and a lot of tension. And so we actually were very open about the fact that we did a lot of marriage counseling. Um, you know, there was some really ugly, yucky, rough times and that's to be expected. And that's one thing I try to tell other women because they're like, Oh my gosh, you know, I can't talk to my mom right now. Like she just doesn't get it. Or like, Mm -hmm. I literally just cannot handle how my husband is handling all of this, or my best friend says the most insensitive things. And so just, I tried to work not only to tell our story in the book, but to work with other therapists to explain to other women um, how important like setting boundaries are or mm-hmm. really clearly defining your needs in certain times and, and understanding that that's going to be a flow. Um, and so I've worked really hard just to tell people like, it's okay that everything's not picture perfect mm-hmm. and it's okay if you have different needs at different times, but expressing them you know, in a very clear and I don't want to say unemotional, but like not yelling them at your right. best friend. You're like, Hey, you know what? Like right now, I, I just can't really handle any right. baby talk or, you know, talk, talking to your parents. Like, I just can't have you guys putting this much pressure on me of why we're not pregnant yet. Or mm. your spouse, like really taking the time to make time for your relationship outside of just having a child, you know, because when you're in the midst of infertility, it takes over every single space of your life. And so I've just tried to work with other women to, and therapists to kind of explain, you know, ways to help Mm -hmm. that aspect of infertility. I think we don't talk a lot about how men grieve too. Mm -hmm. And I actually, my husband's cried twice in 16 years. I think we've been together 16 years since babies, right? He cried at the, well, three times, the birth of our children, good place to cry (laughs) and our marriage, which I'm like, I hope it was a good cry. But like I walked in the aisle, he was sobbing, right? Three times in 16 years. 
And then when we kept having these miscarriages, especially our last one, which were pretty far along, like we birthed the fetus on a a doggy pad at home and it was intact and it was a lot of trauma. Um, And he was there for me, right? He was rubbing my back and I was crying and sobbing and he was holding me. And then he started to progressively get angry over the months that went by because men and anger, I always say, isn't a primary emotion. It comes from fear and pain and hurt. But men are not given, maybe they are starting to now and your son will have these tools, but they're not given the tools to like learn how to express their pain and their devastation because it's their child or potential child too. And so what I feel like happens and it's not a blanketed statement. It's just what I've seen is that they shut down or they get angry or they get distant um, because they don't have this room and this space to also grieve. Mm -hmm. And I found that with my husband, I found that he was there for me, but he wasn't there for himself. And I think that that, then I found it really hard to connect when I'm like, wait a second, I'm devastated and I'm crying and you're nothing, but I know you're there for me, but I know you are something but you can't, you haven't been given the space to show it. But they're so used to like pushing things down. Too. Yeah, everything's until, just a shutdown, right? Yes, An avoidance. And avoidance. Right, until they like finally explode in some way or another. <laughs> maybe it's through, you know, acting out, like yelling, but maybe it's also like going out, you know, and like yep. drinking and like partying and like, there's all these different ways, right? Like we talk they- all the time. <laughs> like women are like, talk about your feelings, talk about yes, your feelings, yes. talk about your feelings. Right. And I don't think men are ever going to be that no. like to us, like talking all the time about our feelings, but we want a little more. I mean, I want a little more about that. And therapy helps like that, yeah. you know, yeah. like therapy, therapy really kind helps. Of forces yeah. you to talk yeah. about the issues. And I think you're completely right. Like one thing that our therapist taught us was, you know, men and women, and not just saying that like in a general statement, but for Kyle and I, like we were grieving in two different patterns and we weren't understanding how, or like accepting how each person was grieving. So Mm. I was very similar. I wanted to talk about it. And there was a lot of big emotions and a lot of tears. And he was just very kind of stoic. And so that wasn't helping me. I was like, I need you to cry. And he's like, I need you to cry less. So like, on these, like we weren't, I didn't even feel like we were in the same book, let alone in the same chapter. And it really took having a marriage counselor sit down and be like, okay, just time out. Like you guys have been through like a really big trial and we need to look at this piece by piece and get back on the same page and like set up some parameters for talking and hearing each other. And, you know, it's definitely tools that we can use now, um, without things, you know, with, not facing a miscarriage, but when there might be a disagreement on something with Brexton or whatever. And now we have those tools, which it's funny, you would think, you know, same, we've been together for so many years that you'd know how to talk to each other, but mm. sometimes, sometimes you need a little help. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes it's longer you're together, the like worse the communication gets, yeah, right? You get in like, habits. Yeah. Yes. You get in habits. And then you also just get kind of, especially coming out of this pandemic, you get sick of each other. You know, you're just like, yeah. if I have to look at your face, <laughs> like, if he said that to you, you'd be so sad. I'd be so sad. I know. It's like, it's, that, it's kind of a double standard, too, right? Like, I can kind of say that to him, but if he says that to me, it's like, do, 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 do. Because we <laughs> expect them to like, you can say, Hey, I'm just annoyed at you right now. Like, I don't want to be yeah. around you. And we expect them to be, cause they don't show their emotions. They'll be like, okay, fine. No problem. Yeah. But us, if it was reversed. Yeah. I find like having that com- communication is mm-hmm. a constant struggle because 
I feel like two people with their own crap, with their mm-hmm. own triggers come together and you're triggering the shit out of each other all the time. It's like trigger, 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 trigger. And it just depends on who's been to yoga that day or who's been to their therapist mm-hmm. or who's, you know, eaten well and drank water. So they're calmer. Like it just depends on whose trigger gets triggered more. Mm-hmm. And then the problem is when you're both exhausted and you're both grieving or just have kids or overstimulated and you both don't have the tools, that's when I feel like the fights happen. And that's when I feel like we can't control what we're saying to each other. And that's why I'm, I try to like, I don't know if you guys do this, if you try to foresee what could happen. So you try to calm yourself down you know, hours before you go to the water park. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. We were just at the water park. Tell them what's going on. Yeah. Well, it's it hard. I mean, once you get in the moment, it's like, how do you deescalate when you're in that heat of the moment and you're so, you know, like triggered, it's just hard to step back. And that's like one of the things that we've been talking to our therapist about is like, you need, he's like, okay, do the square breathing. And like, I know. And you're like, yes, I'm like who's going to be square breathing square when you're breathing. yelling? When you're like, I hate you. Wait a second. Breathe yeah. in before, out before. Like, who's going to do that? Yeah. But you know what's funny? I was just looking at something on Instagram and, or TikTok, something like that. And this mom was talking about being overstimulated. And she's like, mm-hmm. you know, as moms, we sit here with our kids and we're like, okay, we're going to limit screen time but we don't for ourselves and we're going to limit this or we're going to limit mm-hmm. that. We're going to try to like, you know, protect our kids from just being overstimulated and then getting worked up. But then it's like, you know, as a mom, mm-hmm. you're constantly overstimulated. So I think just, you know, like you said, it is hard in, in the moment to breathe, but I like just taking that time to whether it's disconnect or go for a walk or just be like, okay, I need 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, that was literally me the other day. I posted TikTok on it. It, it was just like a really rough 24 hours that concluded yeah. at being at a water park, which is <laughs> like, oh, the water park. Hopefully there was some tequila involved. Well, see, that's the problem. <laughs> Kyle was racing and mm. I had Brexton and his friend. And so like, I was the sole responsible adult yeah. and it was, it was him plus a friend. So it's like somebody else's child. And there was like a million as a, a like half naked strangers, as I like to say, <laughs> waiting in line and nobody's patient and everybody's throwing two. And I was just like, I would have loved some tequila, but like I have to be the responsible person. And I was like, oh, it had just been in 24 hours and it made me laugh. I was like, sometimes I think that like creepily social media, like knows what your brain's thinking. Cause oh, it's not, yeah. like scrolling through TikTok and here's this mom who was like, I'm not a bad mom. I was just very overstimulated and I needed a break. Yeah, yes, girl. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. I think it's- walking away is a big one for us, although I get triggered by that. I don't know if you oh, guys yeah, do, he can't but walk like away. I need Sean, to- Sean walks away a lot in our fights and I get mm. frustrated because that to me is an avoidance when it's, it's an avoidance if it's three days, but it's not an avoidance to deescalate, but he mm. walks away a lot. And that to me triggers because it's like this, this, the child in me that says like, oh, you don't care. You're walking away right. from me. You know, I'm abandoned or whatever it is. You know, you don't see me, but it's not, he just <laughs> yell. Um, but I feel like walking away even for five minutes is really helpful. And then if you're so frustrated as I don't do this in front of the kids or whatever, but sometimes just screaming in like a quiet room, just like, ah, 
I was like, feels so good. And then you feel better. <laughs> you do feel better. I'm telling you. Yeah. See, I, yeah. Need, mm-hmm. I need to get better about that. Like screaming by myself into a room like, <laughs> instead of, of at, him. at my husband. Yeah. 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 I just think, you know, it's very interesting for as crazy as social media can be. I do feel like mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways to connect with other people and a lot of really good tips. And like, as you guys were talking about emotions and how you said, you know, sometimes men or your husbands don't show mm-hmm. as much emotions and same with mine with Brexton. So he was pretty aware of every round, like what was going on. And like, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, um, we're in a motorhome together at the racetrack or on a plane. Like I, he has saw me getting my shots. And so like, you know, we were very open, open with him for his age limit. Let me put mm-hmm. it like that. But we really also worked with the therapist to be like, okay, Brexton, like, how are you feeling? What emotions mm-hmm. are you feeling? Like, let's identify them and talk through them. And if, if you don't want to, that's fine. But like, no, if you want to cry or if you're angry, like that's fine. And so that's also something we've done now that his sister is here. Like, you know, we have this, my mom actually taught me this because funny enough, um, I'm seven years apart from my brother, Kyle's seven years apart from his mm-hmm. brother and our kids are almost seven years to the day apart. So my mom always did this thing because, you know, I was an only child for seven years. And so she's like, okay, if you're ever feeling like left out or the baby's getting too much attention, like as long as there's another adult here, if you say our code word, I, for half an hour, we'll go for a walk, we'll go play a game, we'll color, whatever it is. And so that's something that I've instilled with Brexton so that, you know, it is a big adjustment when you've been the only child for seven years. So that's been really good to kind of help him, you know, ease into having another little one in the household. And I think sometimes like we don't, like my go-to when I hear my kids, cause mine are five years apart, like five and a half, they're, they're in different ages. Um, it's like quite a big gap as well. And they're in the back seat and they'll start screaming at each other. And I'll automatically go to my eldest. I'll be like, Phoenix, stop. Because the baby's three, right? We call we still call her the baby. Um, you know, and I'm, I know that my three-year-old doesn't really have comprehension of like what right and wrong is yet. I mean, we can say she does, but she doesn't, she's a baby. And I expect my eldest one who's eight to know better. But then when I really get down to the nitty gritty of it, when I calm myself down, I go, okay, let's talk about what happened. She goes, well, let him just smash me in the head. And I was like, oh, I'd be mad too. Like if, if Roxy came up and just hit me in the head, I'd probably be like, hey, bitch, like go back to your lane, like get off my face. So, you know, sometimes we're not really understanding the issues that are going on with our kids when they're at different ages. Cause we're just like, mm-hmm. you know, it's the eldest one's fault. That person right. should know better. And then I said to Phoenix, I was like, I'm so sorry. I would have been mad too. Like if daddy did that, Roxy did that, I'd be mad too. And then I spoke to Len and said, hey, Len, we have to watch our hands and we have to keep our bodies for self. Again, she's not going to listen, but at least I can try, but at least Phoenix felt validated and heard. And it wasn't just like this, oh, you're always bad because this is what happens. But sometimes again, we're overstimulated as parents that we just go to like the stop the noise as fast yep. as we can. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's one thing we've been working on too. And um, it, it's hard. And like you said, it's just taking that pause, taking that breath to be like, okay, tell me the real situation instead of me just yelling. Cause it is, it's easiest to be like your oldest, you know, best, but a lot of times you're right. Like they were agitated for a reason. And so it's definitely, definitely mama too learning mm-hmm. over here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny too, that you're talking about like taking pauses and everything. Cause oftentimes I take a pause and I jump on my social media, right? Same. So I'm jumping on like Ugh. 
Instagram and TikTok and like all the things, because that's part of our job, right? But there's this whole movement right now with Instagram to make Instagram how it was before, like sort of reels and like how it's kind of modeling itself almost to be like TikTok in that way. Oh, and they will keep of, going. Yeah, yeah. And they will keep going because it's like a competitive business, right? They want to compete with TikTok, but it's ter- like a lot of influencers obviously are not happy about this because we're sort of used to posting, you know, like old school Instagram, like the pictures mm-hmm. and maybe sometimes videos. So it's really turned a lot of our businesses around. Like we're really having to pivot, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, you know, for me, I kind of feel like I understand where they're coming from because they want to remain competitive. It's obviously they're like, you know, neck and neck. These are the two like kind of hottest platforms, but it is kind of a pain in the ass to kind of, you know, now we have to sort of change everything that we were doing right to kind of reflect this new sort of platform. So what do you guys think about that? Are you guys stoked with like kind of this new shift of Instagram or not? I just don't feel like, how do I say this? I do most of my business when I work in brand deals, I would say I do 70% of my business on Instagram Mm -hmm. and 30% in TikTok. Although my TikTok numbers can like sometimes you can get six million views, three million views. Instagram, I feel like it's very hard to grow. Mm-hmm. You'll get a video that spikes every now and then, but it's not a consistent thing. Um, and so I think people get frustrated that you know when you're working so hard, you want to be, you want to see results, and you want mm-hmm. to grow. TikTok, like I'm able to grow thirty thousand followers a week just based on people seeing my content. It's not like anything is really that different than I I post more videos on TikTok because I feel like it's, I can just kind of do what I want on TikTok or does that have to be a little more in a box? Do you post the same videos on both? Like if you do a reel, will you then post it on TikTok? Sometimes, but I'll put more, I'll put more like, like if I'm going to talk about sex, right? I put it on TikTok. I wouldn't put it on Instagram. If I'm going to talk about like conflict with my marriage, I'd probably do it on TikTok. I feel like there's more of a room to be completely and utterly authentic. Um, That being said, I don't feel like Instagram is about the pleasure for the viewer. Whereas I think TikTok is when I'm on my TikTok, I'm entertained. I'm informed. I feel like it knows me. (laughs) Like there's an Mm -hmm. algorithm that's like, wait a second. How come I just spoke about that? You know, you're definitely listening. I'm like, I laugh. I cry. I'm like, oh God, I should go to my breast checkup, like all those things. Right. <laughs> Are you Whereas, sure that wasn't like, me? On, t- on Instagram? I'm just like, Oh, I've compared myself. Oh, why didn't I do that? Well, how yeah. come she looks so good? Mm, you know, I need to be making more money. I don't find that pleasurable experience. Mm. I don't know. What do you think, Samantha? I go back and forth because Instagram has really, for me, been that community connection in the infertility space that TikTok has not. Right. Um, And that's partially due to the fact that, you know, TikTok is still growing. And I think, you know, it is a little bit different of a space in that, like, it's quicker consumption and for most part, and it's a little bit more to Mm -hmm. me, you know, um, or like things like that. So I would say I go to different things, you know, different platforms for different things. Um, I still really enjoy Instagram if I want to, you know, for example, see somebody's vacation, right? Like I've got my really good friend, they go on these awesome like European vacations and they're great photographers. And so I like to like 
really look at their pictures of places I'll probably never see instead of TikTok. I don't want to watch it the same video 15 times to try to see what that picture mm -hmm. looks like. Um, so like, I like it for different things. I like Instagram that I think there's a lot more conversations in the infertility space, but then like when I want some funny mom relatable mm -hmm. videos, like TikTok has a lot of really great things that you're like, you know what? Maybe my day wasn't that bad, but yeah. <laughs> you know, thank you for putting that out there. Um, so like you said, I think there's different things. I think from like a content creation standpoint, it is really difficult to give audiences what they want now because like from a branding standpoint, because each platform is changing and mm -hmm. weekly. I mean, TikTok, weekly. I think less so, whereas I think Instagram is just a new feature almost every three weeks. Yes. And it's, it's very hard because sometimes you'll spend all this time creating these like really, what I would say are good videos that you put a lot of time and energy into and then nobody sees them. And you're like, yeah. really? Do you know how hard I worked on that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, from a consumption standpoint, I think I go to them for different things from a content creation standpoint. I do do them. There's some that I'll cross over, but a lot of them are very different how they're made. Um, mm -hmm. And like you said, it's just something where every day it's changing every day, you know, it's you're learning. And, and I think sometimes with us, with traveling and the kids and everything, it's hard. Mm. It, it's hard to like keep up with all of it sometimes. Yeah, so. I agree. Yeah. And I get frustrated when people say, like, why are you posting ads? And I go, wait a second. So I spend 12 hours a day creating free content to inform people or to make them laugh or information on where to shop. I spend my entire day doing that. I spend less time with my kids because I'm working 24 seven that people consume for free. How do people do that if they don't get paid? You know, and it's like, I only work with brands I love and I'm lucky that's enough to do that, too. but I'm just like, how you watch it, you watch a TV show, the TV show is paid by advertisements. So you have to mm -hmm. see advertisements. You, you open a magazine and when you open a magazine, there are ads in the magazine because it pays for the magazine. So how do content creators, influencers, how do they do their job that people consume for free without ads? Right. And I agree. I Ads don't bother me as long as the person promoting it truly believes in it. And it might be something yeah. where, you know, I don't like that skincare product. My skin just doesn't react the same way and that's fine. Um, but I'm the same way. Like when I work with brands, like I really want to authentically like them, try them. And, but like, for me, the ads don't bother me because I would say 90 some percent of my shopping comes from like new shopping, not like grocery shopping or whatever, but comes from seeing ads. Like, especially yeah. when I had Lennox, you know, I searched a lot of like newborn and baby stuff. And that's where I found a lot of the products that I'm using and loving for her was through other people, you know, doing these brand collabs. So I, you know, as long as people aren't just like having this big following and taking every collab that comes their way. And mm -hmm. then, then that's a little annoying, but like, I love to share with, especially for me, seven years ago, like the baby products that are out there now, there might be one or two that I used with Brexton, but yeah. everything is new. Yeah. Everything is different. And I've, you know, like I've learned that from other moms out there being like, here's the brands I am working with, but that I also legitimately use for my kids. Yeah. 
Yeah, it also kind of gets into that whole discussion because I've been seeing a lot of that um, with a lot of the influencers too, is about showing kids on Instagram and on the platforms, you know, and like people are, it's a very divided, you know, argument because it's very polarizing. I mean, some people are like adamant. I mean, I think we had, Tamman, we had Jenny Mullen on and she was saying she's she's never never showed her kids on Instagram and she uses like the little hearts or like, you know, Mm -hmm. the emojis on top of their faces. But then, you know, there's people like us. We all show our kids on, you know, social media. I do say I try to make a line. There's a line. There's a line. I do say that I do pull back at times when I start to feel right. Like Mm -hmm. I feel kind of feel like, oh, this might be like too much. Or like I try to temper it a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe I'll show like her from the back or like a different angle or maybe, you know, it's her hand or something like that, you know, like where it's like maybe not Mm -hmm. like a full face shot or what have you. But like, how do you guys feel? feel about that because I feel like I kind of go in cycles with it. Like I'm kind of like, okay, it's fine for this, but maybe not for this. Like, how do you guys feel about that? I pull back. I think Phoenix is an eight. She's eight. I now give her, the problem is all she wants is a YouTube channel. (laughs) All she wants is to sit and open products and to show people the products she's opening. And I'm like, no, she's not allowed a phone. She's not allowed to answer. She's no way, no way. Um, when she doesn't add with me, she has a bank account. Um, and we ask her, we say like, do you want to be part of this? And if so, sure. We put a percentage into our bank account. Mm -hmm. So she's actually earning her own money. Um, you know, before when I was about, when she was about five, I was like, there's like a, they, they go from being a baby now to like not really having a choice. And then they start to have a choice. So that's when I really started to pull back is when she was like five or six, but now she's like eight and she really wants to do this. But I personally, and this is other people have different. I would never let her have her own Instagram. Like I, I personally wouldn't because I don't, I don't feel like, even though I say that I could control it, I don't feel like I could control it enough um, I don't want her to have her own TikTok account. Um, if she wants to come and play with in mine, that's her choice. If she wants to do an ad and make some money. That's her choice. But I'm not going to let her probably have an Instagram because I've seen the pitfalls probably until she's at least like 15. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, Brexton has social media accounts, but obviously does not have any access to yeah. them besides like, oh, well, cause, you know, we have a content team with us. Um, yeah. Ours is a little different in that, you know, with racing being on TV and with Brexton himself racing mm. so much and that being um, on different streaming apps and whatnot, um, he is more out there, right? Um, mm. He has his own sponsors that he has obligations to, you know, do mm. videos for them and do giveaways and all that. So um, that's probably like a little bit different in that. Mm. He, we've always been like very much like cause of Kyle's job out there. And mm-hmm. so it was kind of natural, but yeah, he has his own accounts, but obviously like our social teams run them. I mean, and he's never- earning income, you know, like yeah. if mm-hmm. I knew how to earn income at eight, I'd be great. <laughs> and I mean, the thing is like, so they post his pictures. So he's more excited. Like we have um, a content team and they make uh, videos out of like his race weekends. So mm-hmm. he wants to watch to see his race video or he mm-hmm. wants to go on my TikTok and we pull up like funny dog videos. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree. Like at this age, there would be no way I would mm-hmm. let him have an his own account. 
Yeah. yeah. So yeah. one time somebody did say to us, they're like, we, we know it's not him posting. I'm like, well, considering he can't spell like, <laughs> yeah, he like, words, like writing a caption and like, like what would caption. like my daughter probably post a picture of her face being like, you know, like upside down, like it's half black, like, you know, yeah. yeah. I was like, well, he certainly didn't make this 20 second reel with the transitions and um, knows how to spell the word like experience or participates like, yeah, <laughs> just seven. um, so yeah, social for us is a little bit different in that way. Um, he always just, I think, enjoys getting to be with us. And he, like, for us, it's different. Like we've done a reality show. We've always had right. kids around. Like it's, it's not like a unnatural thing for him, but I'm also mm-hmm. like, he doesn't have anything on his iPad. He is not getting a cell phone for many years, mm-hmm. which is a you know, the problem is when he races, his friends are a little bit older, some of them, mm-hmm. and so you have phones. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, absolutely not. And even if some of the older, older kids have their phones out and they're on TikTok, I don't let him unsupervised, like sit and watch with them mm-hmm. because I don't know what they're watching. So, you know, it's, it's, fun. it's so hard these it's days, like, right? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, really- like when, when we were young, when we were young, I didn't have a phone. I didn't have a phone until no. I was like 20. I never phone till I exactly in college. Like I was literally in college the first phone I got. And it was like this huge yeah, yeah. big thing yeah. that I could, like had to press Clunky. all the buttons. It was massive. <laughs> like probably not at seven or eight, but I'm thinking like middle school, the big thing was I really wanted white eyeliner. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So I was in cheerleading and our school colors were blue and white. And so my mom wouldn't let me wear the blue because that was too much. So I had to wear a white eyeliner and I was like, oh, no, that's all we had to worry about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's and now my daughter asked yesterday, she said, can I get my ears pierced? And I'm, I'm like, this is like probably a hot topic and we're going to get so many people right into it oh. when it's not a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Find it very strange getting ears pierced with babies. I don't know. I don't know. You guys might be like, I think it's great. And I love it. And nope. I'm happy for you to tell me why I'm wrong. But like, like as babies, it freaks me out. I don't know. Tell me that I'm wrong or that you love it, but I, I, I don't. <laughs> so for us, I, we did not get Bray's ears pierced. Uh, she's eight um, because I wanted her to have the choice. Like, does she, mm-hmm. when she gets older, you know, like, does she want to do it or not? But we have a deal when she gets her ears pierced. I'm also getting another piercing. Yeah. yeah. So we can yeah. do it together. So I'm kind and of daddy's like, getting one too. <laughs> You know, I have my ears pierced a lot. Um, I'm like, me too. Yeah. Um, I've got six. But people had asked. So I, I have three on each side. This one closed up. Um, So I had mine. My mom got them for me when I was a baby. And then when I was, I think uh, in first grade. And then I remember in uh, middle school or high school getting another one, Mm -hmm. like, of course, I had like my belly button pierced because who didn't? Yes, I had that too. Wait, I have to make a TikTok. Like, If you are a mom in your 30s or 40s, like your identifying mark is your belly, belly button, button ring. Where what? I never got yeah. it done. Girl, it's oh not God. too late. I got a tattoo, Everybody. but I didn't get a belly button. I don't think I knew a person in my school like who did not have their belly button pierced. Anyway, I just probably didn't like my belly button. <laughs> like, who wants to look at that? <laughs> mine, mine fell out the night of my wedding. Like no. on the wedding night. I'm like, where did it? go you're like is this a sign that i should yeah, marry yeah. david really yes. kyle pulled mine out six months pregnant because it was like to that point we were, we're stretching 
you probably should take your belly button ring out. But I hadn't touched it in like six years because I got oh, it when I was so young that it was like stuck. Like yeah. the, the ball had, I don't know, like corroded onto the thing. Oh my like God. Flyers in it hurt. It was a disaster. But anyways, with Lennox, everybody asked us, like, are you going to pierce their ears? And, you know, everybody in my family pierced their ears when they were babies. But for me, I want to wait just because if she wants it done, like I want that experience. Yeah. And what if she doesn't want them done? Right. But if she does, like, I want to like make a day of it, you know, she's my friend, but I basically my sister, like when her daughter was old enough, like we went and we did manis and petties and we did lunch and she wanted her ears pierced and like her mom got her ears pierced with her. And like, you know, it was just like more of a memory. So Mm -hmm. that's, what we're going to do it, you know, if she doesn't want them, she doesn't want them. But if yeah. she does, like, I'm like, yeah, girl, put the fourth one in. I'm with you. Like, I'm just know. all about the more we learn about, you know, having children, their bodies, their choices. I'm just like, again, if it isn't a cultural thing, let them have the choice. Like I would never tattoo. I'd never be like, you know, I love stars. Let's just tattoo a star on your <laughs> arm. Like, you know, my kid would be like, wait a second. I don't want a star on my arm. Um, so like, I want her to wait, but she said yesterday, she was like, I want my ears pierced oh. yesterday. And I was like, really zenned out. Cause I exercised so hard. I was like, sure, baby, let's go get your ears pierced. And I was like, wait a second. This isn't normally you. You're just endorphins from the exercise. You don't really mean this right now. <laughs> and so I was like, we can do them some other time, but she's getting to an age where she's asking. So, but she's also really scared. So I don't know. She'll probably never get them done. It's too bad. <laughs> she she'll can't move while it's happening. <laughs> too bad. You can't give her a shot of tequila. To ease the pain. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah, I could just accidentally give her some bedroll. Um, but I need to get a third one. So you're right. Like yes. I think the time the next time I get my third hole that closed up, I'm gonna go. But then do you go to like a Claire? Because I just used to go to like a Claire's and now I, like I think I probably have scar tissue. Yes, <laughs> like, I went to Claire's to go to like one of those ones that puts the needle in it, and I think that's way more traumatic. Yes, I, I went to Claire's for my first piercings when I was in I sixth old, grade like at the yeah, at the Lufkin Mall, which is like this little town. My mom is from Lufkin, Texas, which is like the super small town in East Texas. Yeah. We went to the Lufkin Mall <laughs> and had our ears pierced at Claire's. But then my dad, who's a doctor, did my second piercing. Huh? I know. I was like, oh, God. What okay. was worse? And then my dad's was really easy because he was like, because he did the needle because he's so used to sticking people that he was like, yeah. So I think the Claire's one, because I didn't know what to expect was worse. But then the third one, I went to a tattoo place here in LA for the third piercings. And one of them got infected and closed. See, See? I know. I'm like, which one? Maybe I'll go back to my dad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So last year I had a moment. um, Mm. I think we've all been there. So our Mm. son goes, we all travel as a family and we go like 16 races in 18 days across Mm. the Midwest like no sleep racing right for Brexton like I equate it to like if I ever get to go to Italy for two weeks and like drink wine and eat pasta and and just like shop all day long like this is what the Midwest racing swing is (laughs) for him um because not only do you race every day with all these children but we're in campers and so like first thing at 9 a.m even though we went to bed at midnight from racing is like all the boys are going to play outside and so it's it's a really fun three weeks that we're getting ready for anyways um last year in the midst of this on like day 12 we happen because also you're in the middle of nowhere we happen to pass like a mall 
And I was like, stop. I'm going in the mall to walk around by myself for like 20 minutes. And so Kyle and Brexley get, get a hot pretzel and they're like, you know, I don't even know. I think if there was a Lego store or whatever. And I come back and I was like, I got my ears. I got my ears pierced my second and third holes again. And Kyle's like, what? <laughs> I don't know. I walked in and just, I don't know if it was like, I just needed to feel like I feel had something in what I was doing. Cause it was like every day the this same thing yeah it is like the greatest so just imagine like the greatest thing for kids right they're with all their friends and they're racing every day but like you're traveling hours in the car and you're eating exhausting gas station food and you know it it is a lot and so Mm. yeah I walked into Claire's (laughs) in the middle of nowhere and I was like just Pierce my ears again. Like just see these holes from like the eighth grade. Just need to feel something. Yes, you're like, you know, I went in for like to get like a second hole and I ended up getting a second and a third one in both ears. So I got like four piercings in yes, like that's one exactly what I did. Yeah. That's exactly what I did. But everybody, I so like I put it on social and everybody's like, I can't believe you went to Claire's. And I was like, I didn't know that wasn't a thing. Still yeah. everything's <laughs> everything's a thing now. Literally, like everything. If you drink caffeine, that's a thing. If you don't drink caffeine, that's oh. a thing. If it, everything's a thing to so like sometimes I'll do a video and I'll be like, wait, what is gonna offend someone in this video? Because <sighs> There's nothing that I've said that's offensive, but what if like I said something about the makeup that wasn't what I should have said? And, you know, so it just, it it makes you so afraid to even put out anything because of course you're going to say something wrong. Someone's going to be offended by something. That is one thing that, especially with having a newborn. um, So maybe this has changed a little bit because social media has changed in seven years, but I felt like when I had Brexton and, mm-hmm. you know, we would post like a family picture. So it's like, Oh, yay. Like, how cute. And now like I'll post a picture and it's like, do you know that she shouldn't be wearing this? And like, yeah. I think that this, this, and you know, this state has this and this outfit has this, and there's this in the air. And like, did you have this near her? And I'm like, Oh my, oh, oh my I, gosh. I, like, what? Everything. What? Like yeah. post a singing video and it'll be like, your child's not seated. Her head is oh. not above the line of the car seat by a millimeter. You need, and I'm just like, it's too much. Yeah. It, no, well, there's always, there's always going to, yeah, too much. There's always going to be somebody who has an opinion about something you're doing and they have had a bad day or whatever they're dealing with themselves. And they're looking to lash out and they're like, you know, conveniently behind a computer or behind a phone. Right. And it's like, we're all targets because we're publicly facing people that it's like, oh, I'm going to like go and pick on them. And I'm like, now, like, I'm going to back up and say, I do appreciate when I'll have like a mom reach out to be like, Hey, just FYI, here's my experience. Like with this, just want to let you know, like, awesome. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. But then you get these people that literally are like, you are. So I had her in a sun hat, like with earphones on in a pouch next to me. And like Kyle was racing. Brexton has races. Like I brought her with like, Mm -hmm. I can't believe she's out. Like, this is so ridiculous. I'm like, I'm yeah. I'm sorry. People have brought their children. Like you are allowed to leave the house, you know, but I mean, it's like, I don't think there, besides literally us walking around, like in those people, like from Chick-fil-A when it rains, you know, like the little pots that they have, mm-hmm. like aside from walking around in that, I'm like, I don't think I could have covered, you know what I mean? Like she had, oh. the ears, she had the SPF 50 hat. She had the carrier. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what else 
I got called a D-list Karen, D-list actor Karen yesterday. <laughs> and I started, I, I got mad at myself because oh. I, 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 I fell into it and I know better. I know mm-hmm. that my biggest thing is unhappiness, unhappiness is the fastest pipeline to hate. There's this great Gary V, who's a great influencer. Yeah. Um, he's got 10 yeah. million followers. Mm-hmm. He's in NFTs. He's great. Um, a motivational speaker and hustler he's too. He's video, great. Such yeah. a hustler. He said in yep. his video, he said, if someone comes on your page and says something negative about you, don't feel sorry for yourself. Feel sorry for them. To take their time out of their day to actually go and try to tear you down says a lot mm-hmm. about someone's happiness and peace in their life and how pretty much miserable they are. Mm-hmm. So I get frustrated when I start to go down the path because I'm like, you know better. Now, now you're like low lowering to their level. And the reason she said it, she was the only person out of thousands who commented. I saw this one, two, three, go YouTube video. And I put it on my socials and I am going to do a petition about it. It is a video where you should tape your love handles back because it makes you look thinner to look uh, more attractive to the opposite sex. And it's aimed at eight-year-olds. Um, it's aimed at kids at school from like ages, mm-hmm. uh, grade one to grade 10, 10 or 11. Cause they're like in like middle school, whatever, like elementary and middle school. And that's what the, their hacks are like funny hacks to do. And that hack was about taping. She said, oh my gosh, I have love handles. I hate it. And then she gets tape and tapes it back. And I was just so, I was livid. I was angry and I wanted to do something about it and I'm still going to do something about it. But I put it on my social. I was like, this is not okay. I'm going to see about removing this episode because it's extremely detrimental for the mental health of young girls and eating disorders. Eating disorders are so rife Mm. within young girls. Uh, Anorexia kills so many young girls. And I was like, this is not okay. She's like, you're an effing Karen. You took cancer culture. I was like, this is, we are not talking. She's like, shapewear is a thing. I'm like, there's no shapewear for six-year-olds. Great. You know, and then I was like, sometimes you have to stop yourself and go, you can't fight stupid. Mm-hmm. And it, like, cause they're miserable. You can't mm-hmm. let, you can't change misery. Mm-mm. Miserable attracts miserable. I mean, I'm like appalled that that's even a thing. Thank you. It's mm-hmm. horrible. It's horrible. Once you see the video, you'll be even more appalled. That is, I mean, sometimes, and I will say Rexon doesn't, if he watches a lot of racing, right? So it's not aimed at boys. Like you see no. these things and it's just like, there's nothing about like, Hey, how to be more manly. So the girls will like you no. how to gain right. muscles. So the girls will like, there's nothing like that. It's mm. all aimed at young girls. And I think, so what I was saying is like, I don't have a lot of experience in that because when he goes on YouTube, he's usually yeah. like, dad, can you pull up the track that we're going to race at? Or like, can I watch my friend's old races? Like that's just his thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But a few of my other friends are like, you have to watch like these pop-up ads or you have to watch like in some of these YouTubes, like they'll embed things that aren't necessarily appropriate or age appropriate. I'm like, oh my gosh, like mm. what is, what is safe? And you know, it, it's just, it's a scary, it's a scary thing. And I am a helicopter mom. So it makes mm-hmm. me. Same. Yep. I am too. I am like, I cannot help it because I feel like I have to protect her like all the time. And I'm like, especially, you know, I mean, li- we, we live in Los Angeles. So it's like, I feel like there's always something happening here. Like there's always, you know, I get all mm-hmm. these crazy, I mean, everything from like crime to like things on social media to like, you know, we work in Hollywood, we work in entertainment. So I feel like very protective about that with mm-hmm. her too. Like the messaging she's getting. And it's like, it's what it's literally, I, I mean, I get so stressed <laughs> from being a helicopter mom. Cause I always feel like I have to swoop in. She's also very sensitive. So I'm like, you know, whenever she's having play dates, I always kind of am keeping like another eye, like, 
you know, making sure like things are going smoothly and she's not getting her feelings hurt. And it's like, it's exhausting. And you can't protect them. You know, that Gary Vee says again, that the only thing Mm -hmm. you can do is give them a really good self-esteem because Mm -hmm. all that stuff is going to still be there. You know, the peer pressure, the drug peer pressure, the sex peer pressure, and just the tools and the understanding and the messaging I think is really important. Mm -hmm. And then I do think there's certain things like I'm very, again, people are going to write in and be like, who are you, Karen? (laughs) I do not believe in sleepovers for young girls, especially. I think that, um, I think it's one in four girls have been sexually abused in some way, whether it's just being inappropriately touched or have been raped. Mm -hmm. That's a big statistic. Um, Again, sexual assault could just be wrongly touched without wanting it. but the idea of having someone sleep, my child, who's a girl, eight, the two girls sleep over mm-hmm. at someone else's house, even when you know the father, they mm-hmm. say like 80% comes from someone that you know. It's not a random person down the street. It's not like, it's, it's more likely the people in your circle, you know? And so the idea, I used to go to sleepovers all the time and I feel like I was lucky, but mm-hmm. I have two of my best friends that weren't. Oh. So, you know- for me, I'm like, I, I don't, I'm not okay with them. Yeah. Oh, how do you and, feel about that, Samantha? I mean, Brexton hasn't really done a sleepover yet. Mm-hmm. Um, besides like, so it's funny, we kind of do like group sleepovers. As I mentioned, the, mm. the girl I was talking about, I don't have a sister, but she's like the closest thing I have to a sister. Um, and so sometimes when, you know, our husbands would both be out of town working, we would bring all the kids and us. And we would mm-hmm. do like, a group sleepover, you know, because, well, true story, neither of us want to stay alone. So mm-hmm. um, in that aspect, yeah. But when I say helicopter mom too, it's like, I guess maybe that's not the right term, but you know, the benefit of social media is that you do learn a lot of stuff. So this is a perfect example. And I'm sure somebody listening is going to be like, that's ridiculous. He's seven. I watched this pediatrician and he, mm-hmm. or she, he was like, look, I don't care if you're 17 years old, when you want to eat grapes and grape tomatoes without cutting them up, if you want to choke and die in your own house, that's fine. But I don't care if you're in high school. I am slicing those. Oh my God. I am. I don't even, I say they have a grape allergy. I tell every single carer that they have a grape allergy. So they don't, so that we do not give them grapes. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I bought one of those things, you know, the mask that like you stick on and like same I got that too the de-choker <laughs> and like that's that's when I say like quote-unquote helicopter mom like I have friends that are like that's ridiculous like you know or if I say something on social people are like oh you're you know he he's that's not how you raise him and I'm like well I know but like here's a pediatrician who's been a pediatrician for 35 years and, and like, you know how many people choke from ha- kids oh. and the number one choking is grapes grapes mm-hmm. and grape and grape tomatoes are the exact same thing mm-hmm. so you know, it's like little stuff like that, that, you know, like you said, as much as social media can be, yes, there are those people. Um, mm-hmm. And as we were talking about our consumption, I feel like it's, it's a great, it, it, sometimes I think it's an over information and then you're freaking out about everything. But like on things like that, I'm like, well, thank you, Mr. Pediatrician who made yeah. this second video. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you validating that I still cut out their food. And it's, it's, it's kind of common sense. A lot of it, you know, like, I have a friend who gives her child grapes all the time. And I'm like, they are slippery mm-hmm. bowls that are the exact size of your throat mm-hmm. that blocks it. It doesn't matter. Like 
having a conversation while eating a grape and inhaling the wrong way, common sense goes down and then it's lodged. It's not something like, you know, eggs, for example, you can kind of dis, I've, my kids have choked a few times. You can kind of dislodge a lot of that stuff. It's a bowl that is perfectly stuck mm. that you can't get up. I still cut up my three-year-old's uh, blueberries. I still mm. cut up her, her almonds and her cashews because they're mm. big, hard things, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I'm uh, choking is actually one of my biggest fears. <laughs> I'm getting into that whole, cause Lennox is only three months, but it's like, I think the baby led weaning and there's this app solid starts and it's like mm-hmm. how you cut up things for different ages and mm-hmm. it's all very fascinating but there's a lot a lot of I feel like things in seven years that I'm like well I need to I need yeah. to <laughs> a lot of things it's a whole different world now you know it's like even the strollers are completely different and I mean, amazing and ama- <laughs> right I feel like I had like the dinosaur stroller like eight years ago I love my controller. It, that thing is bomb. Like we, were just, we just got back from New York and I'm like, yes, yes. I just like, it folds up. Just, real yeah. It folds up. You press a button and, goes, and then I mean, like, all of a sudden turns into a car seat. Yes. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many times I've been sweating, you know, when she was that age with the stroller. And one of the funniest times was I was actually, I'm from Dallas originally. So I was traveling back from LA to Dallas to go visit family. And I was trying to get that fucking stroller to like fold down, you know? And it was like, it's it's like one arm is sticking here, whatever is sticking there. And I'm literally, and I'm by myself, I have her in the pack, you know, on my chest, the Bjorn, and I'm just pouring sweat, pouring sweat. People behind me are getting so annoyed in the TSA line, Mm -hmm. like hurry up, hurry up. And she's like crying and screaming all of a sudden, like the hand of God comes from behind, you (laughs) know, it's like, felt like it was like the skies were opening, you know? And I hear this man and he's like, may I help you with that, uh, madam or ma- ma'am or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, yes. And I was like uh, trying to get the bags and like, and he's like, and I'll help you push it to the gate. And I look up and it was Dion Sanders, the football what? player. <laughs> yes. And I was like, he always gets like such a bad rap from people. I'm like, he was so nice and like took care yeah. of us and helped us to the gate. But it's like, you know, things like that, where you're just so yeah. like in the moment frustrated and like. I'm like right for your waves in the ocean, except when you hit like a fucking tidal wave and you're down on the floor. Like I can't stand the analogy. I'm like, you're in the air. You're in the air. Yeah. It's, it's on that it. note. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not even going to jump into that because we'll be here for like four hours. Yeah. I, I'm like, not a good flyer, but thank you so much for being here. I feel yes. like I haven't talked to women in so long I've been so <laughs> with my children I mean I've got my kids and my husband <sighs> and I'm working all the time that I never have time to have conversations with friends so this felt like it oh, so, so my soul needed it today. besides water and like I know we should have brought out it. our 1942 and had some some smooth uh, tequila drinking ladies there you go <laughs> I think tequila's definitely been on Roxy's mind this podcast so tell? she's I've like it's like Thursday yeah. because you're getting ready to go on vacation so that's yes I'm like, mm-hmm, you're like half vacation mode. Yeah, I'm actually kind of mad that you're going on vacation because you're really close to me. So, what oh. are your dates? Um, so my dates are next Wednesday to the following Tuesday. Maybe come, uh, come on down. I don't. I wouldn't be there. Like, I'd see you for one night, but like, oh. you know, I might come. If oh. you guys ever come to Nashville, please come say hi. Yes, yes. Oh wow, Nashville. That. That Nashville is fun, by the way. It is fun. We don't like do the party bus all the time, but you can also do other things in Nashville that are fun. 
I was gonna say we are getting ready. We leave to to go on our big Midwest tour. So I mean, you know, I I love it. I think you guys could see this. Like when your kids are happy and excited. Yeah. Even if it's nowhere, you really not know, know where I want to be because I love watching him race, but it's just like a lot at once and add in a three month old and you know, it's all the things, but like their excitement, I think is one of the best things about being a mom, like yeah. they're genuine. So I have to just say this real quick. We took Brex into his first play in New York um, and it was a play that goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And so it reminded me, do you remember that old movie clue? Yes. I used to yeah. love that movie. Okay. So very similar to that in that, like, parts of the set fell down and they accidentally like, you know, knocked out a character. Well, it was like the greatest joy sitting there with him because he took everything at face value. So like when the lighting fell down, he legit thought the lighting fell down. Yeah. (laughs) Belly laughing to the point, like other people in the theater were turning around to like, not, not that they were annoyed. They were like laughing harder watching him laugh. And then at one point, like the little, like there's an upper level because it's supposed to be like an old house and um, it looks like the floor is falling down. So the actors were like sliding down and he, I don't think he fully grasped that there was like a hundred other people in the theater with us, mm. but he was like, oh no, hang on, be careful. And he's <laughs> yelling for the actors to like, I want to go see that show. It's in New York. It yeah, was just into that. So good. The play that goes wrong or the play yeah. that was all wrong, something like that. But it was so funny because like everybody around us, he was the only kid in there and, and him and I love the movie Clue. And so Kyle and I were laughing, but it was just, I don't know how we got into this conversation, but like watching your kids be like so happy about something, you know, That's the best part, like mm-hmm. full circle where we That's talk why about we go. Yeah. It's yeah, the water it makes those water park days bearable. Yes. <laughs> bearable. <laughs> From where the start of our vacation was with like infertility was hard and miscarriages were devastating and being a mom sometimes is like very overwhelming and then like add in everybody's opinion mm-hmm. from social media. But then mm-hmm. there's those like moments like when we were at the play that you're perfect. like, none mm-hmm. of it matters because he is so genuinely happy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like just I don't know. That was just something cool that I feel like also I was happy. It wasn't from a movie or a tablet or any sort of screen, you know, it was like a play with people and it was just a really nice, nice thing. So, and those are the moments that you go, maybe I should have another child. And those are the moments that trick you. (laughs) So Lennox is a really chill baby and she sleeps really well. So literally the other night I was like, Kyle, just one more. And he was like, I know that's what happened with my second. She's a great sleeper. And now she is harder than my first, but she's a great sleeper. She's just so opinionated. The second child is just like, it's my way or else. (laughs) well thank you so much for joining us right rocks yes we are so excited to have you samantha you'll have to come back and join us again i sure will come hang with the ladies right I was gonna say yes. I am bringing a cocktail next time. Yes, can't wait. Fun <laughs> afternoon. So thank and you. Where guys. can everyone find you who want to find you? At Samantha Bush. Um, the only thing is on TikTok, there is a little period between the Samantha and Bush because somebody else already had it. So, but yeah, and um, the book's called Fighting Infertility. Thinking about maybe tackling uh, part two of that because mm-hmm. it leaves off when um our first round with our gestational carrier didn't work um so just thinking about it it was a big undertaking the first time um so we'll see nice 
Well, guys, if you want to hear more, follow us at Women on Top Official on Instagram. You got it, girl. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And please don't forget to rate, subscribe, subscribe. and comment. And thank you guys so much. We can't wait to hear from you and speak to you next week. Yes. I am Tim Zersok. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are Women, Women on... Go, Samantha. Tom! <laughs> <laughs>